Hi, I'm Janet Fielding. I played Tegan in Doctor Who. The five-ish uh, fangirls have a good time. Tangents as we continue all the way to episode 368 of the Five-ish Fangirls Podcast. And you are going to clean this dump till it shines like the top of the Chrysler building. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Five-ish Fangirls Podcast. So glad you could join us. Let's start off like we do with the virtual table and see who's joined us this week. This is Brittany in Belvedere. This is Chrissy in Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. We have to say we love you, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, Miss Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> well, if there's one difference between me and Miss Hannigan, I do not like gin. So... <laughs> bathtub or otherwise i wonder i wonder what it does to your skin if you bathe in it (laughs) (sighs) can't be can't smell good carol burnett uh all right well let's do the news first up a bit of 10 o'clock news unfortunately yeah, uh, this one is a little Gilbert hard. Godfrey has passed yeah. away at the age of 67. Which is not mm-hmm. that old, all things considered. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is a form of... Um, Some sort of muscle disease or yeah, something? Yeah, it's like kind of like MS, but it's yeah. like a very specific type. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but of course, those of us of a certain age know him best as the voice of Iago yes. uh, in The Lion King. Yes. So, well, I, I knew him first as mm-hmm. the, well, he was the principal, but he's also the, the head of the orphanage uh, in Problem Child. And yes. then in yes. Problem Child mm-hmm. 2, he was the principal. Which, mm-hmm. I now that I think about it, I don't know if I could go back and watch that movie because I would probably be way too grossed out. But that was the first mm-hmm. time I, I'd ever knew of him. So for me, he was always the guy from Problem Child. But then, you know, if then, you know, Iago. And then, you know, if you you know, watched, uh, if you got the chance to watch daytime TV in like, I don't know, late 90s, early aughts, Hollywood Squares, he was the center square. Yes. You fool! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, there was a, a video of him. It was from College Humor of him reading Fifty Shades from of Grey. From Fifty Shades of Grey, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, look that up, but it is not yes. for small ears. Yes. <laughs> and then just... a good chunk of what Gilbert did was not safe for child <laughs> ears. No, no, that, was, that was the joke. And then just recently, and this is this appeals to me because I I am a big Wheel of Time fan. The books I haven't watched the show. I don't want to, um, but but he there's a, a a Wheel of Time podcast. Well, they 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 reenact parts of the they 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 reenact parts of the books in like 
audio form. So it's sort of like a big Finnish radio play type of thing. And they actually mm-hmm. got Gilbert Gottfried to do the voice of uh, the dark one, they call him. It's basically they're, they're, they're this world's version of the devil and he's going to, you know, come and destroy cool. the world. Which I didn't know what to think when I saw when I when I heard it, but I'm like, actually, that kind of works for this character. <laughs> and now I'm like, dang it, there's a missed opportunity there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I was just very, I was really impressed with with him with, with with his voice for for that particular character, and I was like, mm-hmm. wow, they should have. And I don't know how this. I mean, it definitely is a, a you know a fan run, not like. Well, I mean, the, the production value is pretty good for what it is, but it's definitely a fan run sort of thing. And it's like, I don't know how you guys got him to do that, but that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so very distinctive voice. Mm-hmm. You know, his comedy was very crass. He was not. Yeah, he was not. He was not shy about offending people, mm-hmm. which, you know, is kind of yep. an anom- a, a kind of kind of a anomaly in this day and age but mm-hmm. uh you know you gotta you, you got you gotta give the guy props for for sticking to to his uh his style so yeah definitely going to be missed definitely um mm-hmm. a, a generational talent and made mm-hmm. a lot of good memories in in the movies so. yeah mm-hmm. yeah because somebody shared a picture on facebook of him bob saget and oh uh, ah uh, Norm Macdonald. Norm Macdonald, yeah. Norm Macdonald, yeah. and then there was yeah. another one with the guy with the reddish blonde hair who Anderson, I think, was the last Louis name. A- Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, it's like all these all these comedians that we knew, you know, were were part of our and the childhood. good ones, the good ones, yeah, <laughs> and it, you know gotten to our into the things we loved as kids and mm-hmm. and that you know and that we look back fondly on as adults or like we're losing them and it's just like ah uh, mm-hmm. it's yeah. sad mm-hmm. yep. yeah. oh. one made me cry was it was a piece of fan art of us Yago and, and the genie like oh yeah like, oh Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the cast yeah. of um, Aladdin, Aladdin. On Broadway, uh, the Disney, the Disney on Broadway account on TikTok they posted where the uh, cast when they did their curtain call, the guy that plays Iago, because uh, <laughs> Iago <laughs> is, a, is played by a person. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not an actual talking words. parrot. <laughs> yeah, they said a few words. Well, I mean, as opposed to like doing like a puppet, like they do for like the well, Lion King, they have oh, like okay. puppets and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was kind of my point. <laughs> ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, but they they during their curtain call, they uh, made sure to say a few words, and the, mm-hmm. the guy actually playing Iago at the moment, Annette Gilbert, uh, years ago, and I, I guess he knew he was coming because he happened to have his VHS copy of The Lion King with him, and Gilbert signed it for him. So, Aww. the Lion King or Aladdin, or yeah, the the Aladdin. Sorry, <laughs> I'm dead. I'm still on. I'm still on. I just finished Elton John's book, so I've ah, still got well, Lion King on the brain. Yep. So, gotcha. ah. 
Well, you don't yeah. want to confuse our listeners. Go, go. If you could do the audiobook version of Elton John's it's book, worth it. do it. It's so good. And Taryn does a fantastic job of reading it. And I don't know if Elton had like a ghostwriter help him, but either usually, way. Usually they do. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I was, knowing Elton John, it's still written in the way mm-hmm. he would say uh-huh. it. It is hilarious. Yeah. His sense I was of humor la- and I was laughing and- at stuff that really you probably shouldn't laugh at, but just the way he was telling some of these stories, mm-hmm. even he was like, "Yeah, I'm finding the humor in these really horrible situations." <laughs> yep, you know, when you it is that you were in the funny. gym on Messenger listening to his. Donald yeah, when well, he's Duck telling the story yep. about wearing I the Donald that. Duck costume, and I'm like in the mm-hmm. middle of the gym trying not to bust out laughing. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> It is it is a secure yeah. human being who can who can look back at the at the tragedies of their lives and be like, Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And Taryn does mm-hmm. a fantastic job doing doing the reading. So mm-hmm. um so yeah, if you can do if you can listen to the audio version of Elton John's book, but I've got Elton John and therefore the Lion King on the brain, so uh, understandable as we get to our as we get to feedback the first thing <laughs> Shalane mentions is Lion King so I have yeah. that looking at me the screen right here too so well you know and it all kind of you know those, those four movies Little Mermaid Beauty and the Beast Aladdin Lion King yeah. they're just kind of boom 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 right there in a row yeah. for, mm-hmm. for us so it's our, it's our childhood it's the Disney Renaissance yes. so yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. anyway Anyway, so yes, Gilbert Gottfried, rest in peace, and thank you yes. for the memories. And we, yes. sh- we just, yeah, got yeah. I. He was always one of my favorites. Just whenever mm-hmm. he'd show up in things, and he was always yeah, yeah. In the most. He wasn't quite Tim Curry levels of, oh my gosh, no. here he is again. But when he showed up, you're like, holy I, cow! Yeah, there's no again. mistake in the voice. Buckle up, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, buckle up. And I and ride. I permanently on my phone, regardless of what else I may have on my phone, I have, uh, you know, meme screenshot, whatever you want to call it, of Iago sitting on Jafar's shoulder with the text. I think I'm gonna have a heart attack and die from not surprise. Though, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I use that a lot. And you can yep. hear it yeah. in his voice when you read it too. Yeah, yeah. I, I I will say this. Um, at one point, my I had some friends. Like I was in fourth grade, and we had this grand ambition that we were going to do a backyard stage production of Aladdin, <laughs> and I was going to play Iago. So <laughs> I tried so hard to get that voice just right. I could never get it quite oh, right. No. And, uh, I mean, obviously, it never came to fruition, but we were just like, "Yes, we're gonna do this," and we like made posters and everything. It was, it was, it was ridiculously cute. Now that I think about it, but yeah, I was like, "I'm gonna play Iago." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Good sir, and thank yeah. you for yes. for the laughs. Yeah. All right, moving on to convention-related stuff. So Indie Pop Con still busting out with uh, more guest announcements. They've announced some cosplay-related guests and some uh, YouTube-related guests. Uh, But um, a couple of big names, 
I guess depending on where, you know, where your fandom lies, um, have been announced recently. One, I was very surprised, and I've been chatting with Brandon every <laughs> every now and then when they <laughs> announce, they're like, really? Because we're, we're both like old grandparents, like, we don't know what the kids are into these days. <laughs> uh, and then every now and then they'll announce somebody where we actually know, actually know the, who the person is, then they're like, so uh so recently popcon has announced tom arnold really yes hmm. uh, <laughs> okay so don't ask uh, yeah he's, apparently okay. he's got a following uh <laughs> sure everybody's yeah. everybody's a fan of somebody yeah that was like but i was just like hey i know who that is uh <laughs> so <laughs> thank uh, heavens his ex-wife lives in hawaii <laughs> yes really um definitely uh and then <laughs> uh and then uh very appropriately uh <laughs> considering it returns the same weekend that same weekend of popcon <laughs> uh scott grimes aka lieutenant lieutenant gordon malloy of the orville nice <laughs> i am so looking forward to the orville yes Dude, it's been so long i know <sighs> i i i smell rewatch in my future yes, yes. that's what i say i remember some things i don't remember everything so I, mean, I, I, I remember there was a big space battle and isaac went crazy yeah yeah and then yeah. his came back yeah so that part i remember but yes so yeah which that'll be easier to rewatch than all the seasons that he was on er so uh, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh so that's exciting. Um, and then uh, we've got the few trailers. So we got a trailer for Stranger Things season four. <laughs> and and I said it in yeah. our in yeah, I said it remix. on Facebook. Yes. Oh, that was so good. Break out your fun- best in journey. Yep. <laughs> yes. And and you know, as kind of hit and miss as the last season was of stranger things i mean i don't know what this season is going to do but if it is if if it is a bust i'm like you know at least we got a damn good trailer out of it (laughs) did you notice that they pulled a big wig uh D &D villain too yes holy vecna (laughs) vecna is the uh so I'm like, I'm so wait, did they do a stealth D&D show under our noses? Like, it's not just... Yeah. Apparently I need to brush up on my D&D lore before oh, the season that's drops. Oh, so funny, because Ve- Vecna, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Critical Role retweeted. It's just like, because they dealt with Vecna in their first campaign. It's just like, uh, uh, yeah, we did mention portals in, but we didn't say where. It's just like... So, so the very first campaign I played... Uh, when jared and i were dating and let's see i don't know how much of the story i've told and it's kind of complicated but the the gist of it was one of our party turned it turned 
against us and you know became you know, was revealed as you know a, a follower of Vecna and you know and he totally went berserk on us and turned the whole village into um snake people for lack of a better mm-hmm. term um and yeah. so and you know was gonna you know completely destroy the world so we are so his character was out of the picture so he became dm we could tell you stories about this guy anyway um, so then we had to go like off <laughs> on, these like weird, on these weird quests and like make up new characters so we could like go get reinforcements it was kind of an avengers assemble sort of thing now that i think about it <laughs> anyway yeah and he was so his character was a follower of vecna and i'm just like ooh, i don't like that guy or that gal i can't remember is it a, i can't it's a, i think guy. it's a guy yeah but yeah, I I heard Vecna and I was like, ooh, you nerd. So yeah, it's like you're hitting my berserk button here. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, but but no, the uh, the uh, yeah, the trailer looks amazing. The and I I love that song. We, Jared actually has an AM uh, an anime music video that is his favorite on YouTube. It is like super 80s and that song is just perfect for it and nice but yeah so please share (laughs) oh i shall let me see if i can well i I mean we get we have we know season four is going to be into two parts Uh so it's like okay if this is volume one what's volume two going to bring and lord Mm -hmm. forbid what is the finale of five going to be and please get hopper out of russia seriously holy cow Poor guy. Do, do we do we need do we need to call reinforcements his doppelganger and uh, company? Probably. <laughs> Let's see. Maybe. Is this the one? No, this is not the one. I will find it. Okay. I don't even know what the anime is, but. It's just like it's just really well done. I may have to yeah. ask Jared. Yeah. I hope you find it. Yeah, he he he'll have it somewhere. Anyway, so yeah, Stranger Things trailer. The trailer yeah. looks great, and if like I said, I mean, if anything else, if series, even yeah. even if the story ends up being like a you know just a complete like you know cluster. Yeah. Visually, we're gonna be entertained. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. I am. Like, and then I'm quickly counting. Okay, let's see. There's three seasons and this many episodes minus the time for Disney Plus and other stuff. I think I can squeak in a rewatch. <laughs> yeah. Because this is like, I don't know how much, how far back they're going to pull for references. Yeah. Well, Paul Reiser's making a return, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So at least that far that. back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, all right. Well, and speaking of visually interesting with rocking eighty sound uh, soundtrack for yes. the trailer, <laughs> and a drop before we actually. I like to think that Taika Waititi was responsible for this, so I'm just going to thank Taika, <laughs> even though he probably really had nothing to do with it. I'm sure it was Marvel marketing, but still, thank you, Taika. I'm just going to thank him anyway uh, yes. for dropping this on a Monday morning 
<laughs> yes. Yep. Probably because people knew they needed to start the week off right. Uh, yes. On a, on a good foot. So we finally, here we are, what, two weeks away from Doctor Strange dropping Yes. So mm-hmm. finally, <laughs> we've got our first look at Thor, Love and Thunder. And it just, the entire time I'm like, oh yeah taika's done it again <laughs> yeah, yes well a, 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 and then the song for the soundtrack you know which i don't I care mean, for as much because i don't really right. like guns and roses so right uh, but, i mean kind of taking a page out of james gunn's book and then we've got the guardians yeah guide. i was gonna say this like, one yeah. is kind of like guardians 2.5 Five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. we did have we did have immigrant song for Ragnarok, so and that true. was Taika. So that is true. Yeah, I, true. Yeah. It's it's not that. Oh, weird. I, I was, was happy, but the whole thing just screams Taika Waititi. So it's got yeah. it was I was happy to it. see new Asgard because that was one of my biggest beefs yes. with with Endgame was okay Ragnarok. Okay, we saved everybody. They're gonna go, you know live somewhere but then thanos murders all of them and it isn't even the snap so what was the point you just ruined the ending of ragnarok mm-hmm. but um, mm. i don't know so that was that was good but to we see. did see a little bit of new asgard and in, in Endgame, yeah. but they were still it well, when they were still in the initial building up phase right. now mm-hmm. some time has passed so they're more established mm-hmm. so more of a real city as opposed to a little fishing town yeah and then seeing thor you know kind of the training sequence to get back in yeah (laughs) which really is just what chris hemsworth does to train for (laughs) thor anyway if you follow him on social media he's doing that kind of shit anyway with the giant chains and he's one of those guys that does the workouts with like the 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 big like monster truck tires yeah rolling them yeah. around and flipping them on the ground so yeah yeah uh, <laughs> so but yeah it looks it looks really good i'm really really excited so i just you know so far taika watiti is just like can do no wrong uh <laughs> so and starlers don't make eye contact with me come on yeah <laughs> oh my goodness uh, uh, so good uh, it is nice to know that there's going to be something fun like yes. that coming mm-hmm. after probably what is going to be the emotional ringer of multiverse of madness so oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and there yeah. will be a lot of turnaround time so <laughs> no two two months less than yep. depending on where in july it happens to fall <laughs> yeah july 8th i believe oh. okay mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah slightly over two months yeah. all right so moving on to feedback so we've got some feedback from shalane just shalane no feedback Yay. from nick but he was kind of on the show last week so that would have been kind of weird um if yeah. he had left feedback yeah. while talking about his feedback while on the show <laughs> feedback for himself yeah. oh, feedback. Like, oh i forgot to mention That's... this 
it's like i yeah i need to say this first yeah mm-hmm. uh so shalane starts off with a question she says when we do our podcast about the lion king will the live action lion king be included maybe as an afterthought but uh, yeah, as far as i'm mm-hmm. concerned there's only one lion king yeah, yeah. I, it will yeah. be mentioned that it's a thing that happened yes i still haven't seen it and i have no plans anytime (laughs) i've I've seen enough clips especially the the part that the part that breaks my heart the most is yeah they got james earl jones to do it but i just kind of felt like oh here let's trot you out because lol look what we did yeah. And it just well, didn't it's like, seem... you know, you're you're emotionally scarred enough from a cartoon Mufasa yes. dying. I don't need a photorealistic Mufasa no. dying. Well, and, and <laughs> I don't want this to sound rude or or wrong, but it has been 20 plus years. James Earl Jones's voice sounds different. He doesn't sound like Simba's mm-hmm. dad. He sounds as like Simba's grandpa. So that mm-hmm. makes it even mm-hmm. even worse because mm-hmm. why? Anyway, mm-hmm. that's that that's um that's all I'm going to say on the subject for now. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it will be mentioned, but we're not really going to do a no an analysis of of that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So. But good question. Uh, <laughs> uh, she says, uh, now on to the Avengers. Uh, she also cannot believe it's been 10 years since the Battle of New York. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, Welcome to the ranks she, of us old folk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that she talks about, about a little bit about her history of the comics and everything. You know, she grew up watching, uh, you know, Batman, X-Men, Spider-Man cartoons. Um, and then she saw the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Um, and then, um, you know, when she went and saw the Avengers, she was so amazed at how awesome it was. Um, so then she went back and watched like Iron Man and Thor and Captain America. So, um, there's always a good time to get in, <laughs> even if you didn't get on mm-hmm. on the ground floor like Chauncey did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Better late than never. True enough. Um, she says, uh, also, Iron Man was my top favorite Marvel hero, but then I decided to go with Ant-Man. <laughs> and she said, sorry, Rachel. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> we all have our favorites. <laughs> yeah. I would say that just means more Iron Man for me, but he's dead, so... There's no, there's no Iron Man. There is no Iron Man. At least your right hero now. is still alive. For now, <laughs> for now. <laughs> yeah, they'll never kill Ant Man. People love Paul Rudd too much. Yeah, but people love Robert Downey Jr. too much too. And look what happened. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Well, he'd been doing it for this a is long true. Time. Yeah. He wanted he wanted to to go on to do other things like oh. Doolittle. Yeah, <laughs> get farted on by a dragon. Yeah, spoilers if you haven't yeah. seen that movie. Uh, uh, she says her favorite scene in the Avengers is when the Hulk smashes the the, the giant space whale thing. Uh, then Thor helps Captain America up, and they're like, "Yeah," where he's like, "Wait, you get tired?" Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course not. 
Uh, and then Hawkeye's jump off the building uh, where he shoots that arrow, which, yes, that is a really cool shot. And every time I'm like, ugh, Jeremy Renner's biceps are the size of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then she says, I would also love to meet John Favreau and Kevin Feige and tell them thank you for bringing <laughs> bringing me my superhero life. And to tell John thank you for making her favorite Disney animation, The Jungle Book, into a live action film and for The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot There's to a think lot John of Favreau th- about. <laughs> and, and beg him to uh, have you considered doing this, please? Yes. <laughs> True enough. Pretty, 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 please. Yeah. Thank you, Shalane, for your feedback as always. And I am pretty sure we are going to hear back from Shalane about this week's main topic because this is mm-hmm. so in her wheelhouse. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yes. I, yes. I don't know if it's this year or next year or la- or last year. I mean. Um, but the she actually got a job. Um, it's a, it's called Buicon. It's a outdoor the amphitheater down in uh, southern Utah that they do. You know they have a it, it's a theater thing and they have musicals and stuff and they have a, a season. And she's actually working down there this summer. And I want to say they went and they, they I think they did Annie last year or they're doing it this year. I know they've done it. I know it's like something coming up. So, yeah. So she's she, she's gonna have plenty to say either way. Whenever yeah. whenever it was that, that the that the theater company did it. Yeah. Well, and just you know talking about yeah. musicals and especially Broadway musicals. Oh, of course, of course. So in her wheelhouse. So absolutely. And in again, podcasting serendipity. Totally did. I totally did not plan it this way. I put this on the schedule because I'm like, oh, it's the 40th anniversary of the movie with Carol Burnett and Tim Curry and Bernadette Peters, which that's Mm -hmm. a you know a powerhouse trio right there in that movie. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It also this week is the 45th anniversary of the Broadway musical originally opening. Wow. And tomorrow is Tim Curry's birthday. Wow. Nice. (laughs) Oh, Rachel, you couldn't have planned it any better. I couldn't have. (laughs) I really could not have. The the, the podcast gods are smiling upon us. Yes. Yeah, it's like late April of 1977 is when Annie originally opened on Broadway. And I'm like, wait a minute <laughs> all righty well, then there you go well let's let, let's take it and run with it then. you had the yes. you had the tony stark realization with the word and getting busted by morgan i guess i don't i guess i guess so so um yeah uh annie little orphan annie so history lesson as always uh because i love doing that kind of (laughs) stuff and even also serendipitous annie the musical based off the cartoon strip from the Mm -hmm. 20s that originally started Mm -hmm. in the 20s based off 
a poem by James Whitcomb Riley, who is a Hoosier. Well, there you go. <laughs> All roads lead back to Indiana. Yes. Indiana. Yes. Well, and any any Hoosier child, especially of the central Indiana area, if you went to any school, probably more than likely elementary school, at least for me, it was elementary school. Any child who went to a central Indiana elementary school worth their salt at one point or another took a class field trip to the James Whitcomb Riley home, which uh, is located downtown Indianapolis. Um, I don't re I the I don't remember much about the house because it is a very traditional, you know, 1800s uh, style home, um, you know, nestled in the middle of downtown Indianapolis, which now is, you know, sprawling urban landscape. Right. Um, but there are neighbors, it's in a neighborhood where they're all historic homes. So they're all being, you know, they're all preserved. So, mm -hmm. you know, they, they can't tear them down. Um, but I just, I, the one thing I remember is them taking us up into the attic where the actual Annie lived and showing us the uh, kind of crawl space, storage space, I guess, that you could access via this door. And it was just this dark like whole chasm in this in this space as a little kid you know it's like oh it's dark it's scary and then of course they tell us the poem which mm -hmm. is this like kind of morality tale about you know if you don't say your prayers if you're you know if you're not polite you know if you don't wash your hands before supper and that you know don't do your chores then the goblins are gonna come and get you yeah, you know? <laughs> so it's like you know, just seeing that oh, there's that oh, that that crawl space or I just I think it's just storage is really what it's intended for, but they they don't use it for that. But at, at the time when the Rileys lived there, I'm sure that's what it was intended for. Um, but you know, just as a kid, I just have that seared into my brain taking the tour of this house and them just showing us this dark space and like you know of course us being dumb little kids you know someone you know <laughs> some kid in the class would be like hey i dare you to go in there and shut the door uh, <laughs> so, i triple dog dare you yeah yeah so yeah so the the story of annie um is uh, a little iffy on why exactly she was but she was orphaned but nobody knows exactly why right. some people claim her mother died and then her father took off some claim her father was in jail some claim that both of her parents were dead so nobody's entirely sure but she was technically an orphan the rileys took her in um and uh, even though they treated her like a member of the family, she kind of being the oldest child now in the house, she helped take care of the younger kids. And that included a very young James Wickham Riley. Um, so and she would apparently tell the kids like these scary like ghost stories and other 
types of things you know like we've talked about with some fairy tales where they kind of have a moral to them mm-hmm. um she mm-hmm. would do the same thing she loved telling and these kids loved hearing these super scary stories and this you know is in the 1800s so <laughs> hey, kids, kids have loved being scared since the dawn of time yes they have yeah <laughs> should tell you some of the kids books that i've been we've been getting in lately yeah <laughs> they're actually um, pretty good but that's yeah. that's for another discussion yeah um so eventually when he grew up started his writing career um he printed um a poem that it was originally called the elf child um which was the original t- title for the first two times it was printed um and that was in 1885 um and then he changed the title to little orphans alley a-l-l-i-e but the printers made a mistake with the typeset so they changed the l's to n's and riley <laughs> was like actually that's not bad let's just go with that so it became mm-hmm. little orphan annie and he just kind of went with it and it grew from there so mm-hmm. and yes annie and andy was the kind of the influence to the raggedy dolls if you've ever had a raggedy mm-hmm. andy and annie um yep. dolls with their little blue yep. and white checkered outfits mm-hmm. and their bright red hair and little hearts sewn yep. on them i had a set mm-hmm. when i was a kid yep i did too Same here <laughs> yep uh so yeah as a hoosier we all grew you know we all learn about james wickham riley at some point he is buried here in indianapolis at crown hill cemetery actually his um burial site is one of the highest points in the cemetery wow Um, Wow. it's up on a giant hill um so it's a great place the cemetery is really cool especially if you're a fan of not just like cemeteries and like different styles of like gravestones and crypts and stuff there's like a chapel on property too and some other buildings so it's really fun if you're kind of an architecture nerd um there's lots of trees and lots of walking paths so it's a really great place to go and like take a walk and it's even pet friendly you know pets are welcome if you want to come and walk your dog there but some of the hills are very very steep and riley's happens to be at the very top of the highest hill in the cemetery i've climbed up there once um i shot video while i was up there i'll have to i'll put a link to it in the show notes when i was standing up there because you can like on a clear day you can see a big chunk of indianapolis uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when you know when trees aren't in your way uh, right so but it's really it's really cool it's kind of this big elaborate there's statues of children um people leave pennies and stuff there for him so which i think they end up collecting those and taking them and donating them to riley hospital for children which is named after him okay uh, so well that's cool so, yeah but his poem little orphaned annie it was the impetus for the comic little orphan annie which was created by harold gray um and made its debut august 5th 1924 in the new york daily news um and the general plot in that was annie her dog sandy and her benefactor oliver daddy warbucks and other characters included punjab the asp mr am um mm-hmm. and um ran for 
a long, long time um, and was very, very successful. Um, you know, like when the stock market crashed, you know, uh, later, mm -hmm. uh, the strip was popular enough that Gray uh, was fine financially. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, and, and a lot of the strips were what at least what up until the point where he was drawing them and writing them were you know very um yeah we think of comic strips and we think of things like garfield and yeah you know mm -hmm. he kicks well, they, they off were, the table and yeah. eats lasagna and one one gulp but gray mm -hmm. used gray used the annie comic strip as his opportunity to comment on society and politics and the economy and the like um which is not that uncommon um, mm -hmm. well and it was i mean like like my my first inkling i guess that well my first inkling that this existed was otter pops they have a flavor that's little orphan orange <laughs> <laughs> but but um my my other one is um in the christmas story when uh, ralphie is listening to the mm -hmm. radio pro radio program yes. Little Orphan Annie, which the with christmas the, story with the oval team yeah <laughs> oval team but it takes place it you know that, that whole thing takes place in indiana so i was just like mm -hmm. <laughs> there it is but so yeah so it was like it was serialized adventure stories uh, yes. on the radio at least um but that's that came how, later like, yeah, that came later, but yeah, that's how like comic strips and and those kinds of stories were were told. Was so it wasn't just you know you know you you made the the comparison to Garfield. It wasn't just like oh here's the one and done joke, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's just it was a different style of yeah of uh, storytelling. So, so yeah, so that, it's very much one of the and you, you can tell in the movie and the musical that it's very much a product of the you know the Depression era and it was those mm -hmm. things that people read or listened to because you know life sucked. Yeah. a lot back then yeah it's and just you know if you were to go back and because you can find the strips mm -hmm. online so yeah. if you were to go I'm, back and read them now you, you know just don't be too surprised you're like oh this is not garfield you know yeah <laughs> <Or> peanuts. It's, <laughs> yeah it's there was a very different style of of how um you know stories comics and things like that were yeah were were consumed because people didn't have a lot of money so they just but this is how they told their stories so it yeah. that that time period is just uh, of like literature and storytelling it's just really fascinating to me just how much um you know people just they they, they did more they did so much more with so much less in, in what they were able mm -hmm. to do and it's just like like nowadays we have the big bombastic you know blockbuster movies with all the special effects and everything and then you know and, and we enjoy that but you know those those pulps those adventure stories those you know radio things they're like they did like like they told some really amazing stories with not a lot of resources and it's just mm -hmm. it's always been a it's always been a, a fascinating thing to me so and and little orphan annie definitely falls into that um into that category yeah yeah yeah, and I found a, a video on YouTube, which I'll have linked in the show notes about um, Little Orphan Annie and the Ovaltine sponsored radio show. <laughs> um, and um, 
unfortunately the gal that played Annie was uh, not treated very well. <laughs> I imagine. Uh, so, um, but it is interesting to, to learn about, you know, even back then, you know, advertising and selling, you know, it was one of the, I, well, I don't know if it was one, but it, it's, uh, you know, that I know of an early time when a company learned that they could advertise to children. And, and, that, and everybody wants to complain about the 80s and, oh, this was just made to, to sell toys. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. We've been doing that for a long time. <laughs> How do you think is, these things get made? With money. Someone's yeah. got to pay the bills. This is not a new idea. Mm -hmm. no. Even Walt Disney learned early on. Yes. When he lost Oswald and then created Mickey. Keep the rights to that darn character because merchandising and licensing, that's where the money is. Mm -hmm. Merchandising, mm -hmm. the real money. a flamethrower. Well, and you kind of see that in in this movie because you know they they're they go on the radio for for uh, Mr. Warbucks. They're trying to find Annie's parents, and you know, and, and he reads the script and he realizes he's like, wait, I've done a commercial. I never endorse anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Drop page. Uh. <laughs> Bert Healy. Uh. <laughs> uh yeah so the uh the the comic uh started in the in the 24 uh gray died in 68 um but other cartoonists kept the uh strip going and um the so uh, some people worked on that um until subscriptions really started to fall off um so then those people left in 73 the strip was passed around um and so it finally found a new person you know a new guy in charge in 74 where he changed her look to make her more look more cartoonish um and that only lasted for three months mm -hmm. <laughs> so then in april of 74 uh they decided to reprint some of the classic strips um and actually subscriptions went up uh so they did reprints until 79 um and then by then the musical was a thing and very successful so they were able to re resurrect it with a new artist and writer leonard star um and he did the strip until the year 2000 and then the strip went into reprints again um when then um a new writer and artist came in in june of 2000 and um and it was like a rotating door of people <laughs> from there until 2010 um and um it still ran uh but then they started losing subscribers again and and, and by 2010 it was actually running in fewer than 20 u.s newspapers which 
is not a lot considering how many newspapers are there are in this country <laughs> so, yeah uh so they announced that the strip's final installment would appear on sunday june 13th 2010 ending after 86 years um and the last strip <clears throat> was the culmination of a story arc where Annie was kidnapped from her hotel by a wanted war criminal from Eastern Europe who checked in under a phony name with a fake passport. Uh, so although Daddy Warbucks enlists the help of the FBI and Interpol finds her by the end of the final strip, strip he's begun to resign himself as a very strong possibility that Annie most likely will not be found alive. Unfortunately, Warbucks is unaware that Annie is still alive and has made her way to Guatemala with her captor, simp known simply as the Butcher of the Balkans. <laughs> Although Annie wants to be let go, the Butcher tells her that he neither will let her go nor kill her for fear of being captured and because he will not kill a child despite his many political killings, and adds that she has a new life now with him. The final panel in the strip reads, and this is where we leave our Annie for now. That's where they left it. Well, it's it's kind Knowing of a, a comic strip. Yeah, <laughs> kind of as a end the story continues sort of thing. A little bit, so. a bit. But three years later, bring in of all people, Dick Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> who would come in and resolve the fate of annie so in june of 2013 uh there were uh there were several annie characters uh that started to uh make appearances in the dick tracy uh comics and um, on June 16th, Daddy Warbuck implies that he might even enlist Tracy's help in finding her. Um, so they picked it up again the following year with Warbucks asking for Tracy's assistance in finding Annie. In the course of the story, Tracy receives a letter from Annie and determines her location. That's why he's a great detective. Meanwhile, the name of the kidnapper, the kidnapper's real name is revealed as Henrik Willems. And he has been tracked to the city where he's found and made to disappear. Tracy and Warbucks rescue Annie and the storyline is wrapped up in October on October 12th. Annie once again visits Dick Tracy while he's visiting his granddaughter in 2015. And this concluded by on September 26, 2015 with Dick Tracy sending the girls home from a crime scene to keep them out of the news. There was, and then there was one final appearance with Annie and her friends and family in uh, a Dick Tracy strip in May of 2019 and establishes that Warbucks has finally, after over 80 years, formally adopted Annie. <laughs> Took you long enough there, Ollie. Yeah, really? Right. <laughs> oh, that's just... You know these serialized these serialized stories got to keep the yes. status quo forever, <laughs> right? Yeah, but I think that's funny. That's like finally in 2019. Yeah, 
after Almost how many years, years in limbo? Almost a hundred years <laughs> after the strip started. <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness. Uh, but of course, the strip did go as long as it did because of said musical, which is celebrating mm-hmm. 45 years. With the uh, music written by Charles Strauss, lyrics by Martin Chapman, and book by Thomas Meehan, um, which uh, Charnin first approached Meehan to write the book uh, back in 1972. Uh, Meehan uh, researched by rereading prints of the comic strip, which was handy considering they were reprinting them. Um, Mm -hmm. but actually was able to find any satisfactory material for a musical other than the characters of Annie, Daddy Warbucks, and Sandy. So he decided to create his own story. Um, That works. Sit on him. (laughs) Yep. So uh, he saw the character of Annie as a 20th century American female version of uh, the titular orphan characters created by Charles Dickens in works such as Oliver Twist and David Copperfield. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, Sharnan and Strauss did like Meehan's book. Ended up trimming a lot of it out, but that's okay because Meehan would then novelize it. So you can go and read that if you can find it. <clears throat> so the novelization was published in 1980 uh, and then reprinted again in 2014 so you might be able to find a copy out there um Mm -hmm. and they use the lyrics um and turn those into dialogue and monologue and um uh obviously allows them to go in way more depth as far as background of characters like how bad the orphanage really is oh gosh mm-hmm. um it's a lot darker instead of kind of goofy like it's portrayed mm-hmm. in the movie um well, i mean the the movie there's some they don't come out full out and say it but there are some dark insinuations just that you yeah. know miss hannigan she only keeps the job because there are no other jobs to be had and so she just mm-hmm you know makes you know makes everybody's lives miserable because she can yeah and then and then how she what she does to have the cops turn a blind eye yeah it's like oh dear but yeah 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 like in the book it goes like annie's adventure before she ends up with daddy warbucks is Mm -hmm. uh a lot longer um you know the some of the girls actually at the orphanage actually go to school where they don't have is the time that there is just as bad as it is the orphanage actually yeah Um, a lot of bullying (laughs) yep from the school kids especially the ones that are better off um Annie ends up going on the run for months at a time. She works at a cafe. Um, she ends up living in Hooverville for a while. 
which if you've seen uh, well uh what is it uh the daleks in manhattan daleks in manhattan thank you yeah uh, <laughs> i mean there, there are there are other times other other yeah. medium that the yeah. hooverville is is portrayed but that's you know coming from something Dr. kind Who, of as we don't. kind of newish yeah uh, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah so there's yeah she gets arrested <laughs> then she gets a re uh, released and given a job uh so yeah so it it, it fleshes out a, a lot mm-hmm. a, a lot more but the uh the musical even as is very successful originally ran for nearly six years setting a record for the theater um that it was in um it won seven tony awards including best musical um and spawned a number of other adaptation homages uh (laughs) (laughs) including this film uh there's a disney actual disney version of the musical they did annie live uh on nbc when one of those years recently that they were doing Mm -hmm. the live you know broadway musicals on live tv and then of course the Mm -hmm. most newest movie adaptation with the weirdest cast um the girl that plays annie super cute Mm -hmm. um you know i'm not entirely sure about um cameron diaz is miss hannigan but you know uh it is what it is yeah, i guess they, there were some interesting <laughs> choices going on in that one yeah i mean well, even in the any live there were some yeah. interesting choices so <laughs> when you have yeah. Kara burnett as miss hannigan in the live action musical movie i mean kind of all bets are <laughs> yeah are off in my yeah. opinion it's, yeah. it's kind of hard to compare it's like when you have Carol mm-hmm. Burnett and then like everybody else who comes after is kind of like, eh, I guess yeah. it was okay. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, okay, because my middle school when I was in eighth grade, they did Annie. Um, and, and so when I had a lot of friends who were in it, my sister was in it. And so like, you know, we I knew the story and I knew like kind of how how things shake out. But, you know, and that, I mean, that one's there's a school production of it. So it's kind of like, you know, then, then then I see this movie, which this is the first time, I think it's the first time I've seen it. I don't remember seeing seeing this particular version. In fact, I don't even know if I've seen any movie version of it at all. But I'm like just, you know, well, watching. Well, there's only the three. Well, yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so I, so, but yeah, so I was watching this one and, you know, I'm like, oh, that's how Miss Hannigan supposed to be because i'm just like i mean i knew she wasn't a, a nice woman and i knew that she's supposed to be this very villainous distasteful just why are you in charge of a girl's home with just you yuck but man she's just like she sells it oh yeah mm-hmm. and just yeah, she, she is she's like absolutely I'm like, amazing I'm looking at this like yes. you're kind of the definitive Miss Hannigan, and I don't care who says what. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, here you are. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. I will 
preface that as much as I love this adaptation, it's not faithful to the stage no. musical. No, because it's supposed to take place at Christmas. Well, that which, too, but a little, well, like several songs from the stage version are cut mm-hmm. and, and new they- ones are added which ends up kind of being a good thing because the duet mm-hmm. air quotes between miss hannigan and daddy warbucks was written specifically so that those two characters could have a scene together so albert finney against carol burnett is just is yes. so funny uh, so which I'm you know that they good. That. yeah yeah <laughs> yes. well it, like i because i saw that and i'm just like huh like, I mean, I, I don't do, remember that in the play. I don't remember. I don't remember <laughs> those two like ever having a scene together, and that was sort of the the point. But this one, this version, it's like, okay, you know what? I'm I'm gonna accept it because, mm-hmm. dude, because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just it's just kind of a fun and interesting juxtaposition of two very different characters, but it just it just sort of works. If for for this mm-hmm. version, I don't know if it'd work in any other play or you know statement or or movie or what have you, but yeah, this here here it's fine, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tim Curry was not supposed <laughs> to be Rooster at first. It was actually going to be Steve Martin, mm-hmm. but Steve Martin declined because he and Bernadette Peters had just recently broken up. Oh. yeah i saw that and i was like oh well yeah. yeah i can see why you <laughs> wouldn't want to oh yeah. more than understandable uh, yeah i uh, know yeah, like so. i'm trying to imagine steve martin in the role i kind of can but i kind of like tim curry in it better mostly because it's tim curry yeah no offense yeah. to steve yeah. but i martin. mean i like steve martin yeah. a lot he can be I mean, obviously, he can sing and dance, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever really seen him dance properly. I know he can sing. Um, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, Little Shop of Horrors. Partially and the it, reason and- why I have dental anxiety. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, So, yeah, but... Uh, yeah. It, yeah, I could I could see Steve Martin, but it, Tim Curry is just uh I mean he's and, the whole reason he's the whole reason I watched this for the first time in the first place is just, you know, I was on a I it was on a on a tear and wanted to watch anything and everything that Tim Curry had ever done that I could get my hands on. And, and this happened to be one of them. Interesting watch list. See? The big yeah. women, very <laughs> interesting. There's a reason there's a meme like you can tell a lot by, by a person by what they know Tim Curry from. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but for me that would be like twelve different things. So what does that I say know. about me? It uh, means that you I'm like Tim Curry movie? and you want to see all his yeah. movies. Apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it just means I really love Tim. Um so yeah, and then uh Bernadette Peters, who um it, want to say by this point um in the early 80s um her stage career wasn't as popping as um she probably i think she would have liked so she had turned to hollywood 
um, and hence doing roles like like this. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, <laughs> she's she's definitely one of those, you know. And she and Carol Burnett are friends, uh, so that helps too. I'm sure. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's she's on the Carol Burnett show. I don't know how many times. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. So. Um. But yeah. Uh. I mean, Bernadette's just a powerhouse when it comes to broadway and and musicals so um you know they brought in these these strong this strong supporting cast because all of the kids were going to be unknowns yeah they Mm -hmm. especially annie they wanted an unknown knowing full and well that this potentially could make her an overnight sensation but she need, and obviously she needed to be able to handle herself mm-hmm. but being surrounded by these amazing stars you know albert finney he's an okay song and dance man other than you know he's does a bit bit parts the only other major thing i know him from is from one of the worst movies we have reviewed on gold standard tom jones where he plays the titular role of tom jones and that movie is god awful so i will take albert finney in this where you know when the the girls show up after annie's been taken by her parents and the other orphans show up and he's like oh she just you know she's already gone with her parents and little molly's like they want her parents they were bad people and he's like leaping lizards (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can tell (laughs) daddy warbucks doesn't matter in what (laughs) yeah well you know i kind of got the feeling because he's you know got the very hammy you know billionaire mm-hmm. sort of persona like you know make the money and and the, but then he tells the mm-hmm. story about how like he grew up poor and he never was gonna not have money again because they, they didn't have money when mm-hmm. his his brother was sick and, and he ended up dying and it's just kind of like yeah i believe that i i get it and mm-hmm. and he's like in any version of daddy warbucks you know whatever musical or stage production or movie that that he's in it's like you gotta you gotta get that he's you know the hardened I got to make money because I don't want to be poor. And then he just, you know, has the, you know, the, the heart melting, what, you know, mm-hmm. the heart melting moments when Annie, you know, comes into his life and there's like more to life than, than just money. making money. And, yeah. and, you know, yeah. She's and, only and I, staying for one week. I wanted a boy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, by the end of the show, it's, it's like, yeah you're my little girl and it's so cute Mm -hmm. and And, you know it's kind of like the dad who says we aren't getting the dog we aren't getting the cat and guess who the dog or cat globs onto yes (laughs) yes only in this case it's a little girl and it's just like you know you know dad you know generally speaking i'm not going to say this is true of everybody but well it's true it was true for me at least generally speaking dads with their daughters are just they're 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 mm-hmm. putty they are yep they mm-hmm. melt like butter yeah you they, just look at them one way mm-hmm. with the head tilt and the bat the eyes and yeah yeah <laughs> so it's 
And, and honestly, I don't know that it would have the same impact if the orphan had been a boy. Sorry, but it, exactly. it had yeah. to be it had to be the cute little ten year old redhead who could spell Mississippi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I love how Annie just like rolls with it too. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. and, 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 like, and when, Grace, who's like, yeah, just yeah. like. Red but hair, no. who's intelligent, and she's seven, eight. You know, <laughs> so you see the hand going up in the closet. Up okay, up yeah, 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 we're, good, we're good. We're good. Like we're ten. Good. We're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's. I love. I love that bit when you know she's trying <laughs> to convince Spencer. No, you want this. This one, and even Miss Hannigan is like, no, you can't have her. Have her. And it's. It's just weird because like uh, Miss Hannigan like doesn't like Annie so much yet she still want you know doesn't want her to go right. just does, she wants her to stay and be miserable or whatever mm-hmm. and that yeah or she also knows that Annie's probably the one that's keeping everything together for her so if Annie leaves everything's gonna gonna go <laughs> that is that is true yeah. that is very because Annie has the level head <laughs> yes seemingly yeah. over the other girls. And like a- Annie could it. be Annie could be running the place. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. You got like little Molly, who's like you know probably one of the youngest there, and suffers from nightmares, and you know needs a lot of mothering and compassion, which Miss Hannigan is not capable of. And then you got ones like Pepper, who is just a boss and kind of really a bitch. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's got that. <laughs> uh so but everybody uh, yep. kind of respects and looks up to annie which yeah. is a big deal like why they're like oh no you know that when her quote-unquote parents are coming yeah. to get her which tangent i love the scene where 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 rooster and lily are you know at the orphanage and they're like asking for for annie where's our little girl and miss hannigan just totally buys that these are her parents and I, you know, and just the way that that the that between the makeup, the costume, and the acting, I'm like, oh wow, I can't even tell that these are the same people. Just, mm-hmm. I love that bit. I mean, I, well, Which it is crazy when you think about it, considering Miss Hannigan knows that Andy's parents are dead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and considering Rooster is supposedly her quote-unquote brother. Right. <laughs> Well, and even Lily says, you guys have the same mother? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, I know, I can't believe it either. Yeah. Either. Well, just the fact that you, before She's she realizes... She's Yeah. It's just like, before she realizes that, it, that it's her brother and, you know, his, his and Lily in disguise, she's like, you're Annie's parents? And I'm like, and then, you know... So many minutes later, she's like, well, when her parents died in a fire, they brought me all of their junk. So I'm like, you knew her parents are dead. Yet you were convinced that that was her parents. So it's like, okay, you've had way too much to drink, Miss Hannigan. Uh, yes. <laughs> we will, we will bring, we will blame the booze. Yeah. You, you were swimming in that tub a little too long. Yes. Mm-hmm. No more bathtub gin for you. I mean, you you time. Why does she get off scot free at the end of the movie? That's like my one complaint. 
Yeah. Right? Maybe because she tried to stop Rooster from killing Annie. I know, but still. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's weird. And it I don't really know if weird. Daddy Warbucks would be that sympathetic to her, considering the crap that happened. No, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I mean, like, really? <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd be thinking that Daddy Warbucks would be uh, sent her to Sing Sing and don't let her out or put her Throw on a Throw away Australia. the key. key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, throw on a long boat to Australia and keep her there. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't. Uh, yeah, that part I didn't get. It's like, and she ends up with Punjab, or it's implied that <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe um, Annie's Punjab, just like uh, so simple. Yeah, has such a big heart. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Maybe I. I have no. Clue. Or maybe Punjab is keeping Miss Hannigan in line. <laughs> could very well be maybe he's mesmerized her that she'll so she'll act like a decent human being from now on <laughs> if it that. worked with sandy yeah the the, <laughs> the whole sandy. thing with like punjab and the asp and like <laughs> again they're not part of the broadway musical because they didn't want like the magic and stuff they wanted it to be more real mm-hmm. but so the the movie this movie in particular while it's not necessarily faithful to the Broadway musical, it is faithful to the comic strip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as like the fantastic, the fantastic nature of it and, you know, the asp and the Punjab having like all these mystical powers and stuff, mm-hmm. which. I mean, I was, I completely forgot the scene cracking up where Punjab is trying to defuse and get rid of the bomb from the Bolsheviks. And (laughs) Danny Warbox finally was like, if this isn't from an action Marvel movie. And it's so funny because he's just just going on and, you know, feeling about business. My copper, more copper. copper. It's like there's a, there's a bomb and there's, there's a, there's a uh, guy trying to kill him and, oh, we'll just take care of this. And they're like, oh, okay. Back to my phone call. Business, business, business. Yeah. Like, hold on. Let me call J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar. Yeah. We caught some guys tried to kill me. Get your best man on it. Bye. Yeah. And, and what's her name's not even batting an eye that this happened and annie's like oh no. that's cool but why yeah <laughs> yeah that is uh pretty pretty funny that he just daddy warbucks is just like unflappable uh <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, it's like we're all calling him daddy warbucks but she doesn't call him that until the end of the movie i so know it's just the, act- the, the well, lexicon is he's daddy i know warbucks, i know because so. in the in the musical um he's just yeah they just call him daddy warbucks through the whole thing but the movie they the, he's mr warbucks until until she's officially adopted by him and i'm just like i kind of found that a, an interesting choice that they made mm-hmm. but that they did that and that this movie is so you know it's kind of the version that a lot of people know mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. and yet like like i always associated this 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 story with christmas because in the in the stage musical it's he wants to you know have an orphan stay with him over christmas um and not just a week and and you know and then they're shopping and like you know new york at christmas i mean you know you have shades of home alone too 
mm-hmm. at least I did, um, and stuff like that. So there, there are just some, and, and I, and I know that the, that the, you know, making it be part of be in summer was just sort of a logistical thing for filming because yeah, because fake snow was fake expensive. Snow costs, so, yeah. yeah, this I, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. There's just there's some interesting changes that they made that I just noticed. Yeah. Well, and what's crazy is like, you know, cause this, the, the musical was so big, um, mm-hmm. you know, they did this, you know, it took them over a year to find their Annie, um, before, um, you know, we got our, our, our leading lady, um, and, um, uh, yeah, this was like the I think the tenth highest grossing movie of the year, but still lost money. Yeah, well, and this year because eighty two, like E. T. came out and Tron, so those ones were well. E. T. definitely was yeah huge. Yeah, so it just kind of, I mean, while it made money or or you know it made so much money, it all, you know it wasn't enough to cover. So it wasn't as big a hit as they were hoping for, but honestly, I think it's just because of because of the competition that was around it. Yeah, frankly, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, because it. I mean, its budget was thirty five million, which mm-hmm. even in eighties money is not a whole lot. But yeah, when we're now we're in the early eighties, and you know Steven Spielberg is doing his thing uh yeah and so is george lucas that they're just all over the place making star wars and indiana jones and et and blah you know yeah and it's movies just like, that are making bajillions of dollars so you know little so. you know annie where she's you know kind of, it, it's a musical and movie musicals kind of are they're i mean they're they're they're, they're still i don't want to say the, that they're the, unpopular the movie musical was definitely yeah it was on not a very strong genre at this point unless mm-hmm. it was a disney cartoon and even well, then we're not even quite then, there yet er, early <laughs> 80s it's like yeah yeah black cauldron still not in, quite uh, there yet in 85 yeah because little mermaid isn't until 89 yeah mm-hmm. so yeah so it's still it's still a little iffy and you kind of wonder like you know if this had been if this had come out maybe like even 10 years earlier definitely if it come out 20 years earlier it probably would have done a lot better but yeah i don't know it is what it is yeah Mm -hmm. but i still i just love this movie (laughs) yes no and it's it's a fun one it's 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 very campy it's you know it's just uh you know one of those I forgot how enjoyable it was. Entertaining, yeah. So, yeah, and then (laughs) you know, with the cast, it's there's they're so entertaining to to watch, and you know, little Eileen Quinn, she Mm -hmm. totally holds her own. Yeah. uh, with these these superstars surrounding her oh so yeah her, her, i mean yeah. her you know you, you can you see her every now and then in the movie where you get kind of a, a more of a close-up on her and her smile is just like so infectious you're just like oh you were just so cute mm-hmm. <laughs> you could kick me in the shin right now and i would be like oh thank you little girl 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be angry with you at all. I'd be smiling right back at you. No. No. She she totally... I would be apologizing to her. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, am I, I'm sorry about saying your way. Yeah. Well, she does uh she did a uh a fantastic job. So she yeah. hasn't really done a whole lot since. Well, because um, I because I read that you know this was supposed to be sort of a franchise. There's supposed to be sequels, but because it and they contracted her for for sequels to do more Annie. Because I guess they yeah. wanted to kind of do like a movie version, maybe a movie version of you know the radio the radio show or something like that. But it, because it didn't do so well, they never made any more. But she was still under contract, and by the time that her contract was up she just wasn't a name any or you know she there, she didn't have any there there were you know she couldn't get get any more acting jobs which is unfortunate because i think she would have done mm-hmm. well going through but i do know like she has a bit of a a music career like she's got some some albums out and mm-hmm. I, I i looked her up so i'm like who is this and what has she done since and not much but yeah so she does you know she does she has some just singing and and that kind of stuff and so she's she's doing okay it's just she could have she, she ended up going to college and yeah living yeah. a life yep and all that kind of stuff so you know and you know given what happens sometimes to child actors especially ones from the 80s maybe it's a good thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that may be a a good thing Oh, yeah, she's got a uh, more of a, a music music career. She's got a band called Eileen Quinn and the Leaping Lizards. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wonder what that inspiration was from. Mm-hmm. Don't know. <laughs> mm. Then of course, Carol Burnett, fabulous. Yes. Mm-hmm. Burnett mm-hmm. Peters, fabulous. Tim Curry, yes. fabulous. Yes. I mean, talk about three heavy hitters right there. Mm-hmm. I know. It's, well, it's kind of interesting that, you know, you have the main characters in Unknown, but they surround them by these adult actors who are big names, you know. They did the same thing with Harry Potter. Um, so it's kind yeah. of, it's kind of a, a thing they do and they have a a story that's the main character's a kid so you have to have the adults around them kind of to help mm-hmm. carry it but i think she, you know she did a she did a good job in carrying it herself yeah i mean she and held then, uh, her own when oh for sure against carol burnett in that air- opening scene when carol kind of reaches out and grabs her you know and pulls her close it's just like i mean didn't flinch i mean no not, if not i were in a position i'd be whoa yeah right well and carol got and it helped that carol got along really well with mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the cast apparently some of the uh at least one of the broadway you know stage miss hannigans apparently hated kids and dogs why would you audition Ooh. for a musical where you're surrounded by kids and there's a dog yeah uh-huh. that seems what one must really have needed the money <laughs> yeah that would be my only explanation 
I guess. That's it. Well, I guess you didn't or have maybe. to really act. That is true. Method acting. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> like, you really wanted a, a, a Miss Hannigan that, that, yeah, seems to really hate everything? There you there go. There you go. She doesn't even have to pretend. Oh, I guess. I just read that. And I'm like, why did she audition for this role? Thankfully, Ooh. Carol Burnett loves kids. So, yes. <laughs> and, you know, she, her, her acting, like she didn't, was just great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She just, she, it's, it's so mm-hmm. over the top, campy, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and she just, she really just, she really takes i think she really decided mm-hmm. to take the alcoholic side of miss hannigan and run with it apparently <laughs> so because holy crap that woman is not never seen without a bottle or a glass or yeah yeah right i think it, i think at one point i i mean i had to do a double take i thought she was drinking the shampoo yeah <laughs> yeah me too i was like oh yeah oh well, and then her trying to hide from the kids and snuggling up to the radio. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is just like <laughs> I am like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, anything anything else? else? Yeah. It was a fun, it was a fun time. I mean, I watched it last night, and Lottie wouldn't go to sleep, so she just snuggled up and watched it with me, and oh. it was fun. Mm-hmm. She liked she liked the dog. Yeah, of course, doggy, doggy. Yes, <laughs> she was. It was cute. Uh, anyway, so yeah. So uh, if any of our listeners want to chime in about their thoughts on Annie or any musicals, <clears throat> Shalane, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I I expect, <laughs> I expect an email in the inbox within a couple hours of this going live. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Which is fine. We 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 appreciate it. Anyway. We greatly anyone, appreciate it, yes. Anyone have any feedback on this topic? You can send it to us. Our email address is fiveishfangirls at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, which is the fiveishfangirls.com to find links to our social media to our youtube channel and wherever our podcast is and also ways to support the podcast on patreon and our merch shop and other things our links are all there on our website like i said so check that out and as always we thank you for listening and we thank you for your support however whatever form it takes and hope you all are keeping on keeping on out there Mm -hmm. do what you gotta do because the sun will come out tomorrow indeed (laughs) came out came out today i was doing some work outside and i think i got a little sunburned it snowed here it it snowed and rained all week last week so we're just we're grateful for the for the sunshine finally anyway all right so with that we shall sign off for this week this is Brittany and Bavadero saying goodnight. This is Chrissy saying goodnight from Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin saying good evening. 
and this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. I guess this means no bonus Aries. to the Five-ish Fangirls podcast. You can find more episodes and information at the fiveishfangirls.com. Any and all books, movies, games, and any other forms of media mentioned are owned and operated by the respective copyright holders. No copyright infringement is intended or implied. If you wish to support the show, the easiest way is to leave us a rating and review. More ratings and reviews will make it easier for others to find the show. If you wish to support us monetarily, you can do so at patreon.com slash fiveishfangirlspodcast. All money goes towards fees and equipment to keep the show going. For official Fiveish Fangirls merchandise, visit redbubble.com slash people slash fiveishfangirls. We love hearing from our listeners and encourage feedback. You can email us at fiveishfangirls at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fiveishfangirls. Thank you so much for listening, and may the squee be with you.